Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. The Hawks have won their third game in a row. They're 3-2 and two on the season, beating the Kraken 5-4 at the United Center here this Sunday afternoon. I'm Jay Zawoski with Mario Tirabasi. Greg Boyson is at the UC and will join us shortly. And that was a roller coaster ride. <laughs> that was 60 minutes of fun and chaos and all sorts of stuff. Uh, man, there's a lot to get to in this one. But just like we said after the last game, this team does not quit. They do not stop trying. They're a, re- a representation of their head coach. And again, they come through and take two points when they had several opportunities to just sort of collapse. Yeah, uh, I, we talked about Friday being a statement win, an identity win, um, whatever you want to call it. But this was this was another one. This was another game where the Blackhawks of last season probably would have found a way to exit this game. It was 2 nothing halfway through the first period. Yep. And those were games last season where you rolled your eyes, you said, all right, strap in, this is going to be a long one. And this team... So far through through five games has exemplified what Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson really want out of the identity of the Blackhawks is that you work yourself out of holes and you never give up battling. And yep. they've they've done that pretty much every game there. I mean, other than the Colorado game, which wasn't as lopsided as I think we expected no. it to be. They've been in every game, and they've been clearly rewarded for the last three in in, in their efforts, erasing a two-goal deficit in each of their last three wins. Like, of all the things I was expecting this season, a stretch like that, this early in the season, completely unexpected. Oh, absolutely. And you got Peter Mrazek, your number one goalie, going on the injured reserve today. So Alex Daylock gets to start. We're going to get to him. Oh, my God. Yeah. My cardiologist is going to have a word with him before the season's <laughs> over. It has been uh, a crazy, crazy ride with him. But mm-hmm. they're just – you're right. They're down 2 nothing, seven and a half minutes into the game. And I said to Greg when we were sitting there, after that second TV timeout in the first, after that's when the Hawks tied the game, coincidentally maybe, but something changed after that TV timeout. I had actually tweeted, like, this is not the same team we saw against Detroit on Friday night. They're not finishing their checks. They're not engaged. We saw several times in, what, the first 13, 14 minutes of the game where the Kane, Domi, and Athanas U line would just, like, as soon as the defenseman touched the puck in the defensive zone, they were gone. And we saw Philip Roos a couple times was, like, left by himself, surrounded by Kraken, and he worked his way out of it. Uh... But something happened in that second timeout. And I, I asked Greg, like, hey, if you get the chance, ask Luke Richardson, was there a message sent during that break? Because mm-hmm. after that, it was a different team. And, yeah, it went back and forth. And, again, they're not the most talented team in the world, so they're going to have to scratch and claw for every point this year. But the good news is they're, they are scratching and they are clawing. And why don't you give me the stat that you – give the people the stat you gave me right before we started. Uh, What's that? <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. The the hit discrepancy. <laughs> yes. 40 hits for the Blackhawks to the Kraken's eight. Now, obviously, that stat is skewed to you really only hit people when you have the puck, unless you're Marion Hosa. Um, so, yeah, the Blackhawks not having the puck, yeah, they're going to have the opportunity to lay more hits. But that is a wide 
uh, difference in, in, in the hit factor. And yeah, they're on home ice. Maybe it's a little skewed there too, but 40 to eight is, is, is nothing to scoff at because over the span of a 60 minute game, those hits will start to add up and, and, and they will cause your opponent in this case, the Kraken to either slow down because they're getting physically beat up a bit on offense or let go of the puck a half a half second earlier because they don't want to take a hit to make a play anymore because they keep getting hit to try and to try and make plays. So that's definitely something that Richardson has has emphasized in you know the the physicality of the game, the forechecking, finishing checks, being aggressive, uh, you know uh, against the puck handlers. And look, I mean we we talked about it through the off season and and through the beginning of this season. What kind of difference? Um, Luke Richardson would make as a head coach. And I think through five games, yes, it's still early, but it is very evident the difference, in, uh, not only between Richardson and, and Colleton or Richardson and, and, and Derek King, schematically the difference, but also just players are getting the message and they are doing what is be, what is being asked of them. You don't, you didn't often see that uh, with, you barely saw it with Jeremy Colleton. No, never. Uh, and 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 Derek King, you know the the guys liked him, still like him, um, but I just I didn't get the sense that it was like, oh, we're gonna play for King with Richardson. I get that sense. I get that sense that that he has the respect of the locker room, uh, and that he is he is handling this roster and this situation this season very well. Yeah. And he's telling them go go play to your strengths. Go. You know, he's talked about it a number of times about the messaging that he gives to the team and the timing of things. Like he could he could bust into the locker room and you know, uh, in, in between periods and and bark and and do everything to to berate t- the team if they're playing poorly. Um, but he has said a, a number of times that he gives the general message to the team. He 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 tells them like this is what we need to work on. But he lets the leadership yeah. take over from there, and I think that could be making a huge difference. And and if you would have told me this early in the season, we'd be saying, hey, the Blackhawks' leadership's really holding their holding their weight, I would have been very surprised. Yeah. There's a lot of surprising things happening through these first five games, that's for sure. Uh, Jay Fresh, uh, everybody's t- favorite statistical uh, analyst, he hates Seth Jones, that's why I say that. Mm. Uh, the Hawks are fifth, before today's game, the Hawks were fifth in expected goals against to the positive. Yeah. The fifth best defensive team in the league. And before we write off the hits to the Hawks never having the puck, a couple stats. The Corsi numbers in favor of the Kraken, but only 54 to 45. Fenwick, identical. Scoring chances, the Hawks had 24. The Kraken had 23. High danger chances, the Hawks had six. The Kraken had four. Expected goals, the Hawks were 1.62 per six, uh, and 2.26 for the Kraken. So it wasn't this wide gap of possession. Right. So the Hawks were just constantly hitting people. No, it was they just decide they're going to take every chance they can to finish their check. And like you said, after 40 minutes, after 45 minutes, after 50 minutes, you get tired of getting hit. And the Kraken are going to be less willing to go into the corners mm-hmm. if they know Jared Tenorti or... Connor Murphy, or we even saw right before the uh, Vince Dunn goal, Patrick Kane checked Vince Dunn behind the play. It's contagious, mm-hmm. and it has an impact. And I don't think, you know, I do think that in the era of analytics, 
a lot of these things that people used to think were big factors of the game, yeah, we've realized they probably aren't mathematically as important. You probably can't uh, make a formula based on this many hits results in a win. But as anyone who's ever played sports before knows, it sucks to get hit, and you get tired of it, yes. and you get tired, and you get worn <laughs> out, and that has an impact. Whether or not it results in wins, who knows? But so far, the Hawks have been winning the hell out of faceoffs and hitting the hell out of their opponent, and they're three and two it to show for it. Yeah, and and that's uh, a recipe for you know getting under the skin of an opponent. Yep. It's a recipe for making uh, making games tend to swing more into your favor the later into the game as you go because you know if you if you're getting the chances getting the possession being physical on on the on, on the right end of being physical it's it's going to give it's going to give you more of an advantage towards the end towards the end of the game and lo and behold that's where the Blackhawks were able to you know two goals 13 seconds late in the third period completely flip this game on on its head and Come away with a win. Third third win of the season. Yep. Way earlier than it happened last season. It was November 9th last year when the Hawks got yeah. their third win. November 9th. So let's recap the scoring real quick. It uh, won't be real quick because there were nine goals <laughs> in the game. Uh, 546 the into the first. Uh, Jeremy McCann scores. Uh, Geeky and Kuhlman have a two-on-one. They dish it back and forth, and then he is the trailer. Uh, and Stalock is way, way out of his crease. Uh, and it's a wide open net for uh, Jared McCann, his feel, third of the season. He likes himself from, an adventure. Yeah, from uh, Morgan Geeky and and is it Connor Coolman? I think it's Connor Coolman. Uh, two uh, twelve twenty nine. Andre Burakovsky uh, scores. Seth Jones turns the puck over along the boards right to Jordan Eberle. He feeds it to Burakovsky. He scores his third of the year. It's a bad play. Uh, then the Hawks answer with one oh four left in the first period. Their fourth shorthanded goal of the season. They've played five games, have four shorthanded goals. Jujar Kara steals the puck at the blue line, gets it to uh, Colin Blackwell. Blackwell f- shoots it right back to Kara, who has a wide open net. It is 2-1. Then second period begins. The Hawks are on the power play, and uh, Tyler Johnson scores off a point shot from Seth Jones that we saw later. They gave an assist to Patrick Kane. Later on, we saw that that shot was deflected by Taylor Radish, uh, goes on net, rebound kicks right up to Johnson, and the score is tied uh, at at two. I'm sorry, that's still in the first period. It's 2-2. Then the Hawks start the second with a power play, 32 seconds in, Max Domi again scoring off Seth Jones' point shot, and this is a trend we've seen in this game especially. Seth Jones is shooting the damn puck. Yeah. And it's, it's overdue. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to see that he's taking the more of the initiative offensively. Obviously, last season, um, you know, the the team complete went the complete season without scoring a power play goal from a defenseman, um, and and Jones finished the year with five goals. Like that was not acceptable for him on either of those accounts. So it's good to see that he's taking the initiative uh, to begin the year offensively, and especially in a game where. Defensively, he was causing some issues for the Blackhawks. He was definitely making it up on the offensive end, which some games you're going to get like that from Seth Jones. So yep. it was good that it worked out in Chicago's favor tonight. Today, uh, got a ten dollars super chat hey, from Doctor Horror Show. It says Taser and Kaner and the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe. Hey, that's what they said. They want maybe. to see how it plays out. They want to see how the season goes yeah. before they decide anything. 
And uh, we're going to update the tank standings after we go through the scoring. But uh, yeah, uh, Lawrence worked very hard on that <laughs> tank standings graphic, and I'm wondering if by midseason we scrapping it. Oh, I, don't I don't know. know if we're on this pace. We'll have to this see. Pace is a little uh, interesting. All right, so Domi gives the Hawks the lead early in the second period. Uh, his third goal of the season, 32 seconds in. Like I said, Jones and Kane get the assist there. 19 seconds later, Matty Berniers uh, scores as uh, Stalock stumbles through his crease. Very weird. Kind of on the side of his net and then tries to shuffle over, shuffle over, then stands up, then turns around, and it was just uh, just kind of doing the, the hokey pokey in the crease <laughs> there, uh, which is never ideal, uh, and it's 3-3 uh, tie game again. 51 seconds into the second period. And this is where I want to start talking about Staylock a little bit. Love the guy. Super cool guy. Good teammate, all that stuff. He is a freaking nightmare in the crease. He is. He is all over the place. So active. So sometimes unnecessarily active. Yeah. yeah don't get bored. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's, it's, there's gonna, you're going to face plenty of rubber where you shouldn't be bored. I could see back in the day, you know, Corey Crawford would just sort of stand there and have, you know, you wait, you know yeah. 10 minutes go by without a puck coming his way. Uh, stay long. You're going to get your chances to make saves. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Uh, man, it was – it's been that way since we saw his debut. Yeah. And it's not getting better. And it's just the way he plays. You can't really – if a guy's played his entire career a certain way, at age – what is he, 32? 35. 30, oh, he's 35? Yeah. You're not going to coach it out of him no, at this point. No, this is who he is. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think we're just going to have to uh, live with the, the Alex Stalock experience uh, playing at the Ravinia next summer. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's very active. He likes to play the puck. Um, there have been a number of times where he's made a glove save and, like, basically skated, <laughs> skated to the dots uh, trying to either advance the puck or, or eventually call the play dead. I mean, he is, he's just all over the place. And uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I think on 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 that goal, uh, the the three three goal for the Kraken, it was kind of a, a a wonky play where I think he was trying to be really aggressive on a sh- on the sh- to to get out and stop the shot, and the shot was actually I think it was either a skate or a stick hit the defender and deflected, and basically it was just like he was so out of position at that point that it was just like I don't even know I don't know how he was going to get back in position, but I obviously he did not. Yeah. Right after uh, the Kraken tie it at three, uh, Tyler Johnson takes an interference penalty. Uh, some more heart-stopping moments from Alex Daylock during that <laughs> sequence. That's the play. Huge play, looking back on it. Jake McCabe sees, yeah. uh, I think it was, was a Schwartz had an open net. Might have been, And yeah. Jake McCabe just dives headlong and pokes his stick out just enough to interrupt the shot, saving a goal. That's huge. Athanasiu drives the net, draws a penalty of his own. Uh and then Seth Jones, his stick goes up, hits Tanev in the face. Tanev loses a tooth. They actually <laughs> review. It's so funny. They review the penalty because it's four minutes for blood. There was no blood, but Tanev's like, look at my effing tooth. Yeah, right. He had half of a tooth in his mouth. So four-minute penalty killed off by the Hawks. Uh, and Colby Cohen pointed out that after that, Seth Jones skated out of the box to the bench and gave a acknowledgement to all the penalty killers yeah. for bailing him out on that one. Careless stick. Again, there's, you know, it's really hard. Like you look at Seth Jones's numbers on paper today, and they look really good. But there were a few moments from him that were not great. Uh, end of the day, twenty-four thirteen, a pair of assists, four shots on goal, three hits, uh, and a takeaway. 
but there were a lot of uh, not great defensive moments from him. Yeah. So the turnover that led to the goal was yeah. was tough. He had a tough start to the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, like you're gonna have games like this where Seth Jones takes away from you defensively, but can give back offensively. Yeah. So exactly. Uh, Kraken oh, make it four three ten forty three into the second period. That's the one we were talking about earlier. Vince Dunn uh, trailing the play. He finds that soft middle of the slot. He's coming full blast. Yeah. And uh, Jared McCann saw him coming, waited, 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 fed him perfectly, and it, he made no mistake. A, a snipe shot over the glove side of Alex Stalock. Nothing Stalock can do there. That's a free look mm-hmm. for a pretty good player. So it's 4-3 Kraken. That that should teach Patrick Kane to to try and be physical because that was the play where <laughs> yeah, seriously. He, he hit he hit Dunn you know, behind the net to, to finish his check. Dunn, you know, Patrick Kane's not the most physical player on no. the planet. So Dunn kind of shook it off and said, oh, I think I got some, some, some space here on the break and uh, just outraces Kane back down the ice, gets the open look and scores. But again, with, with Patrick Kane, you're not paying him $10.5 million to, uh, to play defense. But on that play, you kind of wish some of those dollars would have gone to the defensive side. It's, the, it's the grand piano that arrives when it's time yeah. to back check for Kane. It's yeah. always been that way. With Patrick Kane. It's always been that way. So, uh, like we said, that makes it 4-3 Kraken. Go a long time now. We're into the third period. The game has sort of settled down. Mm-hmm. Both teams getting their chances, but nothing crazy. The chaos has settled down, at least for a minute. Then, 12:57 into the period, Tyler Johnson gets his second goal of the game. Jonathan Taves behind the net centers it perfectly to him. Johnson Fantastic makes no pass. mistake. Taves and Radish pick up the assists. Then 13 seconds later, Jason Dickinson gets the game-winning goal. Uh, Sam Lafferty and Philip Kurashev and Dickinson, that line battling as they've done the entire season. Lafferty fighting and fighting and fighting for a puck, finally pokes it out to Dickinson. Dickinson scores. That's the game winner. Hawks win 5-4. Crazy. I mean, it's just, just, uh, again, we we talk about the the identity of this team that, Richardson and, and Davidson want to create with the way that the roster is constructed and the mindset and mentality uh, of, of, of playing for, for a, a Luke Richardson coach team. You're really seeing it, and it's, it's most uh, exemplified in that third line of, of Kurashev, Lafferty, and, and, and Dickinson. Um, and, and, and Kyle Davidson has turned uh, Alex Nylander and Riley Stillman into Jason Dickinson and Sam Lafferty and an extra second yeah, round second pick round on top pick. of it. Yep. Um, so I mean, when 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 people want to want to dog him for the Debrincat trade or anything like that, like also keep in mind some of these minor trades that he's made that have really uh, amplified the kind of the way that the Blackhawks want to play and the players that they want to have to play that way. Um, and I saw <clears throat> Mark Lazarus uh, mentioned yesterday that he had been hearing a lot of people calling for Sam Lafferty Lafferty to be traded. I get wanting to strike while the iron is hot on a player like Sam Lafferty because, yes, he's 27. He's not really necessarily part of the rebuild. He's not necessarily going to have a spot when the, when the team is, is ready to compete again. But you also never know. Right. I mean, he's, he was the first player that, that Davidson brought in to make a change and to start putting his stamp on this Blackhawks team as this is no longer – the prior GM's team. This is now my team. This is how I want to construct a roster, and I want a player like Sam Lafferty. 
And I, I, I really don't see, unless Lafferty is, is going to continue on this kind of scoring pace where he's a point-per-game player, which I don't foresee, unless he's doing that, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's definitely a part of this current roster and this current uh, time frame where Richardson is is setting the tone for how he wants his team to play. And Lafferty is exactly the kind of player that, that he needs to be able to point to and say, this is the guy that is giving it 100% every shift. He's relentless, uh, fast, in on the forecheck, north and, north and south style player. That's definitely someone that he'll want in the locker room and on the ice to you know, continue to put in the, the attitude and the way that he, he wants his team to play. So I really don't see Lafferty going anywhere, and I think that that's a good thing for this team. Yeah, and like we said all summer when we were trying to figure out what this roster construction was going to look like, and we thought it would include Lucas Reichel and Alex Vlasic and all those people, and it yeah. doesn't, we still said you need veteran guys to be here. You can't just go 100% kids. That's the truth next year, too. Whether or not Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli is a Blackhawk or not, it can't just be again the rock for ice hogs and 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 that's it like it right. it doesn't work so we talk about you know Davidson shipping out the guys that were not his that have ties to he who shall not be named Sam Lafferty is his first trade mm-hmm. that was a priority move for him it was a, it was interim GM when he made that trade Sam Lafferty is a Kyle Davidson guy and every move he's made since then. It's been a player like Sam Lafferty, yeah. right? You haven't seen him bring in a lot of, like, finesse perimeter kind of guys. And, yeah, they're not trying to win. That's a given. But Lafferty, Tenorti, even, like, Radish and Kachuk to an extent mm-hmm. are not, like, finesse guys. They're they're probably not great, but they're, they're north and south kind of yeah. hockey players. The guys he drafted are north oh, and absolutely. south. Even Frank Nazar, who is highly skilled, is a guy who's known to go get his nose dirty and play gritty hockey. So... There is a style of team he's trying to make, and I think when you see a lot of guys traded out, to bring it obviously being an exception because you get to accelerate the rebuild by a year by doing that, uh, he's bringing he's shipping out guys that are not engaged twenty four seven right, and bringing guys that you know at least are going to give you maximum effort, and that's what you've seen for the vast majority of the season so far. There have been lulls in the energy. Today is an example. The first. 10 minutes or so the Hawks were a little sleep at the wheel but overall the effort's been there and that represents what Kyle Davidson is trying to bring in not just player wise but also by hiring Luke Richardson a guy who's out there taking conditioning drills with the team you can look at Luke Richardson's face and tell the kind of hockey that guy played (laughs) he's covered in scars right that guy was a badass tough as nails hockey player with a sterling reputation from his teammates and players that played for him before, it all goes together. It's all part of the master plan, uh, and that's that's a huge part of why the Hawks are, are playing the way they're doing right mm-hmm. now. And, look, I saw someone in the comments uh, earlier say – it was Ryan, but a little earlier. He says, to be fair, we've played a stretch where we were due to play decently. That's true, but Detroit's a team that a lot of people have pegged for a playoff spot, and they beat Detroit. The Sharks are terrible, fine. The Kraken, it kind of remains to be seen, but the Kraken just took down the Avalanche. The Kraken are right? supposed to be better than last year. Yeah. So better than a bottom feeder team. Sure. And look, when, you know, Florida's coming in, Edmonton's coming in, yep. you know, they're going to play Colorado a bunch. There's going to be 
those games mm-hmm. where you see the talent gap and the scoreboard is lopsided like 6-2 or something like that, those games are coming, yeah. of course. But getting wins against, look, frankly, the only team that was expected to be worse than the Hawks is the Coyotes. And not even, even that wasn't a consensus. Right. You know, so, hey, they're getting wins. Enjoy it. And I know it's weird to kind of balance that rebuild versus you know the tank versus enjoying wins but i think it's still safe to say the hawks are going to be one of the not great teams in the league yeah i i don't know i don't foresee them being able to continuously go down two goals and come back and work themselves into wins it'll happen uh clearly it's happened three times in a row yeah um but that's not going to necessarily happen consistently this entire season it's a long season 77 more games to go um and i and i think there's there's going to be ups and downs but i will say um one beating detroit is never a bad thing so even though you know it was uh it was it was a tank loss beating detroit's always good um and and getting those kinds of games where you come back and you beat a a decent opponent um, or you know you 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 come back and then you 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 turn it on against a, a, an opponent that looks like a lower level opponent than than you in, in San Jose, and then a game where you know you just, you you come back from two down and then you're down again and you come back again mm-hmm. and then come out and win like those are games where you know these these, these players can can point to later down uh, later down the season and still have that confidence that something like that can happen again. Luke Richardson talks so much about the importance of, you know, having video, quality video to to point to about not only, you know, what you're doing well, but what you're not doing well. And games like this give you, give him those opportunities to be like, look, we've played like crap this first, this first period, this first half of this first period, but look at what we did. Look at when we implemented, implemented changes, when we stuck to our game plan, how things sh- shifted. Those are very important things for not only you know the the team now to have but also for guys who are going to be here in two years in three years to be able to buy into the fact that like hey like i i've seen the nhl club do this i know that this is what they're going to expect out of me mm-hmm. that's the level i have to get to so it's it's, it's all part of um, part of the, the the process of of rebuilding the organization from the bottom up and kind of reteaching you know the importance of that like development path whereas you know things you can show in Rockford and, and things you can show in Chicago they, they translate and you can get guys who did things in Rockford that they're going to do in Chicago and and have the expectation yep. that elevated expectation that's all very important um, losses will come I think it's I think it's important to enjoy some wins because those losses will come and for the way last season started and basically all of last season it's nice to have some wins it's nice to have some wins like if we were at if we were at the position right now where we were talking about a team that was that you know one in four or oh and five like you know we would be like okay here this is what we told you about here we go like it would it would be a challenge drag yeah but i'm i'm grateful that they've had some wins um you know it's people online people in the comments section you know, all these, all, every point matters and every point lost matters and stuff in the tank. And yeah, that's true. But I think, you know, there, there is going to be a lot of losses this season. There will be 
a lot of time for this team to start coming down the the ranks again because I, I, I don't see it being sustainable, but it is enjoyable in the moment. Yeah, I mean, try to enjoy it while you can. And and I like you said, there are a lot of people in the chat like kind of freaking out, and it's – look, I, I don't know – he he built as bad of a roster as you could pretty much possibly imagine talent-wise with the people he was able to move out. Your, your good young players are in Rockford, and it's – the team just works. They play hard, and you don't want to have them stop doing that because culture matters, right? right. You've got to – You've got to have something ingrained. And a lot of these guys, we talked to Mackenzie Entwistle before the opener in Colorado, and he was like, yeah, we hear what people are saying about us. F that. Yeah. Like, we want to prove people wrong. We want to work our asses off and show people. And they have. So I know it's a weird place to be as a fan because you went into this ready <laughs> and willing ready, ready to go 0-82, yeah. right? Like, all right, we're here. We signed up for this. And now it's not that so far. Five games in, it's okay. Like, just let's pump the brakes. It's going to be okay. You know, they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to be bad. And, yes, Nate points it out that I was the one before the season saying the team's going to be too good. Uh, and maybe they are. Maybe they're too good to be top three, but they're going to be top five. And let me ask you this, right? You've seen Kyle Davidson's got some, some gonads on him. Uh, they've got a lot of first-round picks. And if the Hawks have the fifth pick, I could see him trading up to get – no one's going to trade one. That's not happening. I don't – No one's trading number one. I, I've, it's very interesting to me when talking about the top three, right? And I think the, I think the questions – I think the, the, the questions surrounding Mitchkov and his timetable of coming to North America, if he ever does, which is, is a legitimate – It's a long shot. It's a legit, well, not a long shot, but it's a, certainly a question. It's a legitimate question regarding him. My my wonder is <clears throat> if whatever team lands number three, right? Let's say there there's there's a very real possibility that it goes Bedard Fantilli, and then you have number three, and you have Mitchkov. And I wonder if there's a situation where a team comes to that that team at number three and says like, "Hey, we'll give you X Y Z picks," and if if it's a possibility that that, that that team is, like, not sold on Mitchkov because of the potential that, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things up in the air regarding this situation. But it could be a team that needs to, you know, be in a Blackhawk situation where, like, they need to get a player in immediately if they land in the top three. And if, it's, if, if they're staring at Mitchkov as the best available, but it's like, ah, he might not be here for another three, four years. If you have a team that can't wait... Maybe they're open to a discussion yeah. of we'll take we'll take pick five and pick twenty something or whatever uh, instead of number three to 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 gather more picks and and take more things like that. I don't know. It's 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 a very interesting scenario because the more I one the more I see Adam Fantilli play, I I really don't think he's the third option. I really think he's he is going to move himself into that uh, that number two uh, choice behind Connor Bedard. But yeah, I just I, I just wonder if if number three is going to be an interesting yeah uh, and look, draft be- slot between now and then too. Like a bunch of people are going to move up. So all right, we got to update yeah. our tank standings. Then Greg's going to join us here in a little bit. Let's do it. Let's upgrade. Let's uh, update these tank standings. <laughs> Woo! 
Ooh-wee. I wonder when the Blackhawks will actually be in these standings. Yeah. And not just an... It's going to be a while. Not just an also add. Yeah. Uh, Hawks, five games. They've got six points. They're 3-2-0. and Leading the tank standings, the San Jose Sharks, seven games. They're 1-6-0. and Two points. Vancouver, six games. 0-4-2 with two points. Arizona, as expected, 1-4-0 after five. Two points for them. Minnesota, 1-3-1 with three points. Anaheim, 1-3-1 with three points as well. So the Hawks are significantly out of the tank standings as it stands right now. So, hey, I know. Don't start panicking yet. But, hey, let's just enjoy it. While they win, let's enjoy it. And something else you're going to enjoy, look at this segue. You guys ready for this? Green Ridge Farms Meats. They are absolutely phenomenal. I polished off uh, my spicy chili beef sticks in like 48 hours, and now I miss them, and I want them back. <laughs> so I got to head to Pete's again. Uh, maybe tomorrow with our off day, I'm gonna go uh, gonna go grab some of those. Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company, and they offer you a better all natural option. They're the makers of deli meats, which my wife loves. They're uh, roasted chicken, fantastic. The sausages and the meat sticks I was telling you about. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hours, and school lunches. They're all natural. Hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. Guys, if you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. They are made from generations-old recipes. Again, all-natural, fresh, flavorful, a great alternative to chips or whatever carby thing you want to have at snack time. You can find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your favorite local Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, add any three meat products to your cart at greenridgefarm.com. Put those meat sticks in your cart as well. Use the code CHGO, and those meat sticks will be free. That's a great deal. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. We're also going to enjoy on this sunny Sunday afternoon, uh, sometimes too sunny for some people, need to get out those sunglasses. You're going to want to get yourself a pair of Shady Rays they are the highest of quality sunglasses at the right price uh, for your budget. Uh, Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change that. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays has got you covered. Premium polarized shades featuring world-class opti- optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays Uh, And what I wish I would have had uh, with the pair of sunglasses that I uh, dumped into the chain of lakes was that they have the best lost and uh, broken policy uh, or protection policy uh, for lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your Shady Rays sunglasses uh, for whatever reason, Shady Rays will replace those. No questions asked. Uh, That's a great policy to have because sunglasses uh, sometimes if, you know, th- those good quality ones, sometimes you almost feel like these are too nice to wear in certain scenarios, but with shady rays, you can wear them all the time, whenever you want. Uh, and, and know that if they're lost or broken, you will get them replaced. No questions asked by shady rays, uh, and exclusive for our CHGO listeners. Shady rays is running their deepest deal of the season. When you go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code CHGO, you're going to get 50% off of two or more pairs uh, of sunglasses. That's basically buy one and get one free. I didn't go to school for math, but I can understand buy one, get one free. 
Uh, you can get two pairs for as low as $54. Again, that's the promo code CHGO at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. All right, let's go to Shady Rays' number one fan. Joining us from the press box at the United Center, it's our buddy Greg Boyson. Greg, what's up, buddy? How was Luke? Was it party time? Was it club dub in the Hawks locker room? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> while the uh, the players, we didn't get to speak a lot. We talked to G. J. Kerr and Tyler Johnson, two of the uh, stars of the game for the Hawks. Uh, while they threw out the word resiliency a lot, uh, Luke Richardson said they dodged a bullet today. He, he said this was not the same as the wins in San Jose or against Detroit, where he felt they played really good in the first period and then just had a couple of bounces not go their way and they were able to come back. He said today they were lucky they weren't down 4 or 5 nothing after the first period, after the first 10 minutes of this game. Uh, he was not happy with the way they started this game, and uh, but was happy with how they finished. And he says, you know, it's much easier to take learn tough lessons in win as opposed to losses. So he's hoping that they can not get too excited about the win when it comes to trying to learn from their mistakes. And he has some specific examples throughout his press conference. That's the one thing I really appreciate with Luke. When you ask him something specifically, like about a play, he will break it down for you and really just tell you exactly what's wrong or what he's looking for. I love the first part of what you said. The fact that he was at like, no one expects us to win, so every win is fun and great. F that. You guys played like ass for 10 minutes and deserve to lose, and, and he's not going to tolerate that. I love that. I love that message, and that's how you keep a team competing because I'll bet they came in there and were like, yeah, all right, let's go. And then the coach was like, what was that? What the hell was that? And I, I talked to you about it as I was getting ready to leave after the first period. I said, something changed after that second TV timeout. It was a different team. I don't know if Luke said something. I don't know if Tave said something. I don't know if Kay, whoever. Something changed in that moment. The, a message was re- delivered and received by the Blackhawks after, after that second TV timeout. And I love that a lot of time has passed since that and the time before, right? The, the first 10 minutes of that crap-ass period. He did not forget. Luke Richardson did not forget those 10 minutes and delivered that message post-game, and I love that. I think that's great because if this team wants us to look at everybody and say, we're not as bad as you think we are, then Luke Richardson should treat them that way and say, you play like ass and you're going to hear about it. I specifically asked him about that moment uh, that you pointed out while we are sitting here together, and he said he was starting to deliver uh, – he started to deliver that message before that timeout, but then re hammered it home. And then he mentioned some guys by name that started to get the thing rolling in the right direction. The first guy he mentioned was Jared Tenorti. He said he went out there that next shift, threw a couple of checks, Colin Blackwell, Mackenzie Etwistle. He mentioned those guys by name. So those are the guys that started to move their feet, started to play the game that he wanted to. And then everybody else started to fall in line. So it snowballed by the examples those guys set. And those guys aren't the, you know, the superstars. Those guys aren't held. Jared Tenori wasn't even on this team <laughs> in training camp. Yeah. So he's coming in here and people, people say all the time, like, you know, hey, Jared Tenori, why is he playing over the young guys? Why is he taking a roster spot from the young guys? That's why, because Luke Richardson loves what he does. Is he the greatest defenseman on the planet? Far from it. Is he winning a Norris trophy in his career? No, but... 
Does he go out there and put a guy on his ass and it gets the team going? Yes, and that's what he did today. Yeah, I think that really I, – I, we've talked about it a, a bunch today, but that really is, again, one of the players that just speaks to what Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson are trying to uh, to implement with this team, uh, getting a guy like like Tenorti. Um Wanted to ask, you know, with 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 Staylock, were there any any questions to Richardson about Staylock and his performance? Because, you know, there were a number of times where he was uh, a bit too aggressive, and um, you know, it's as as Jay pointed out earlier, it's not really something you might uh, be able to coach out of him. But there, were there any questions about Staylock's performance? There wasn't anything specifically about Staylock, um, but I'm sure if he was asked, he would have said that there were too many odd man rushes. You know, a couple of those goals where he got out of position, he was sliding across the net because it was a three on two. And he specifically called out the Patrick Kane, Max Domi, Andres Athanasiu line for that Smith Dunn goal, saying they were out there too long. They had a chance to, ch- to change. They didn't. Uh, and they tried to win it all back in one shift you know, and it cost them because then Domi and uh, Kane were slow getting back because they were out of gas. And he, he, he put it on them. So nothing specific about Staylock, but again, he was, I think he would have defended him based on the comments he made about some of the defensive lapses and just the compete level earlier in that game. Again, I love it. I love that he's flat out calling out the best and highest paid players on this team is not doing their jobs. Like you and I were talking, Greg, when I was there in the first, we saw that line abandon a rookie defenseman and Philip Roost in his defensive zone because they all want to go get the goal. Help out puck support, right? And Luke Richardson's not afraid of Patrick Kane. And if he's gonna sulk and pout, if he sulks and pouts, they trade him, which is a plan anyway, right? So it's like Luke Richardson has no fear, and he shouldn't. Like you know, maybe Patrick Kane would not respond well if Jeremy Cowan did that. Maybe he won't respond well that Luke Richardson does it. But you know what? Go out there and do your effing job, man. You're abandoning your teammates. You're letting a guy and Philip Roos playing his second NHL game have to navigate through three cracking, uh, three cracking players to get out of trouble in a game at the time you're losing. Hell yeah, call that out. And yeah. that message has to sink in. And I think, again, as the game went on, you saw a more team-wide commitment to helping each other out, to supporting the puck carrier. I, I love that Richardson is treating this as if this team's a contender. Because why would you not? Why would you coach any differently? Regardless of expectations, I love the fact that he's out there and he's not satisfied just getting an unexpected win or a comeback win. He's looking at these guys saying, why are we coming back? Why are we down in every game? You know, let's let's play 60, not 40 or 50. I love it. I, I I'm getting a. Someone's got to make me a Luke Richardson shirt. Damn it! <laughs> you're getting you're getting fired up, man. I love it. You know what? Like it's. I I just I I tire of this. And we like we set expectations too, right? Going into the season, we're all talking about how bad they're going to be, and they are. They're still going to be bad. But Luke Richardson's job is to come in here and coach this team. He's not just going to abide a team playing like ass every night and just calling it. You know. That's what we're here to do. We're here to suck, so we suck. No. And what Kyle Davidson said was, I want Luke Richardson to be the head coach when this team is ready to win again. So he can't come in here 
and you know put his feet up on a desk and put his head back and just watch them lose and then all of a sudden flip the switch and be a different guy. He's got to be the same guy from day one until it's time to compete in the playoffs again. I love everything he's done since he came in. I've loved. I love that he started the Lafferty line today. Home game. I don't care. They're the line that's playing the best. They're going to start. They're going to be the ones on the ice when the puck drops. I just think that he clearly gets it. He understands what makes not just a player, but a team tick. And that's what wins games, teams, not players. I don't care how good you are. Connor McDavid, what does he want? Nothing, right? He's the best player in the world, probably going to go down as one of the best of all time, but he hasn't had the team support around him that he needs. So it's, you know, it's just, I, I just love that he is treating this as if this team is as competitive as the Avalanche, because why the hell not? Get them in that mindset, right? And have them fired up and ready to go for 60 minutes every game. Tyler Tyler Johnson spoke that, uh, kind of what you said there when he said, there's a very lot of noise going on behind me, so hopefully you can hear me, but we went asked about the keep falling behind two nothing. And he says, you know, we're able to make these comebacks because of Luke Richardson's structure, but it takes all 18 skaters playing at it at the same time in order for it to work. That's what a team is. And he said, once all 18 skaters started doing that this afternoon, that's when things started to pick up. And for a guy like Tyler Johnson, who was part of, you know, two Stanley cup championship teams, he knows what it's like for all cylinders to be firing at the same time and that has to happen to win whether you're the Tampa Bay Lightning two-time champions or you're the Chicago Blackhawks who have no expectations you still have to play as a team if you want any sort of success it also helps that their penalty kill has been phenomenal and I I think again that that speaks to something that that Richardson um you know had had a hand in uh when he was in Montreal and and I definitely feel like even though he's uh, not maybe maybe not necessarily doing the X's and O's with the with the penalty kill. It's something he still has his uh, has to have his hands on. And their their philosophy of trying to you know be aggressive on the power uh, on the penalty kill and and be a be a power kill has worked. They've got four shorthanded goals in in five games. Um, I I think it's 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 one of the one of the just glaring positive positive things. Uh, that that that's come out of this season to the start so far. Um, was there any 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 mention from from Richardson or any of the players about the the, the success of the penalty kill so far early this year? Yeah, uh, you know, Jujar Kerr spoke about it and said, you know, it it just felt good to, to get that play and get that first goal. You know, after the tough season last year, and Scott Powers at the Athletic asked Richardson specifically about his system saying, Hey, you told us in the, in training camp that you wanted to be aggressive and now you've implemented it and it's working. Like, is that some sort of validation? And, and Richardson was kind of like, I didn't not, I'm just paraphrasing. He was like, I didn't need validation because he knew it was going to work when executed properly, but it has to feel good for him too, to, to go out there day one of training camp and preach about being aggressive on the penalty kill and how it's going to be a dangerous weapon. And, I'm sure a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And now four shorthanded goals in three games. And I think it's after giving up four power play goals in opening night, they've only given up one in the in the four games since. So not only are they getting the shorthanded goals, but they're killing off the penalties as well. And that's huge for a team that is 
flat out not very good at five on five this year. I mean, look at their goals. It's been shorthanded goals, it's been power play goals, a penalty shot goal. You can count on your hand, I think, literally, how many five on five goals they have this season. Yeah, Troy Murray was mentioning uh, their poor five on five play after the first period as well. One more thing I want to get to with you, Greg, before we get to our fourth star. Um, was there any acknowledgement of Eddie Olchek's presence uh, on the video board at any point during the game? Nope, not a peep. Did you see Eddie? I did. I saw him downstairs before the game, and then I saw him. He stopped in the uh, radio booth and talked to Troy and John for a few minutes before the game. All right, I just want to confirm or deny whether or not that happened. I did not see him when I was up there, but, again, I was only there for one period. Um yeah. It's an interesting conversation. I know MT Machine says Hawks didn't acknowledge Eddie O's return to the UC. That doesn't sit well with me. Uh, Ryan says uh, no acknowledgement of Eddie. Geez, there were a couple others as well. And Jamie Faulkner said, you know, the team's left with a good relationship. He's a Hawk for life and all those sort of things. Uh, Tom Quinn again says uh, Jamie Faulkner was just blowing smoke when she said there's still a good relationship with Eddie. Not good. A couple things to remember before we put the Hawks on blast for this. Eddie O could have said, I don't want anything like that. Not really his personality, but a possibility, right? <laughs> right like, right. that's certainly a possibility. Also, the Hawks are not happy about how it went down, right? And I, and I know it's very easy for fans and people to just look at it and be like, well, we love Eddie, and by default, hate ownership and management – Therefore, we're going to take Eddie's side. There's two sides of the story. There's probably some truth from both, but the Hawks are a little peeved about how this went down. Like, there's, they've said every time they've talked about it, they've used the word blindsided. On the record, behind the scenes, whatever, that's the word I keep hearing from everybody that talks about it. Blindsided, blindsided, blindsided. They thought they had a deal, so I could see that they want to kind of be like, I don't really want to pay tribute to him right now because they're annoyed about it. They're pissed about it. He left them in scramble mode for whatever reason, be it the Hawks cheaped out, whatever, however you want to look at it. Both sides for a while thought they had a deal and then didn't. So there's more to it than just like the Hawks were stupid and just let him walk. Like it's really not, it can't be that simple. That's all we're telling yeah. you. So, yeah. Well, no. I, I still feel like, um, you know, Olchek, no matter how the, the relationship ended, I still feel like even if it did end on a sour note from, from the Blackhawks standpoint, there should be some sort of, hey, Eddie, Eddie's back. He's, you know, wave up to him in the booth. Whatever. I agree. They I, it, should it, have. It, I agree. You do it during one TV timeout, takes you one to two minutes. It's really all you need to do. And, it you know, if if, if you're trying to – uh, give the fan base a little bit of something that, that they want to see, I, I think that kind of acknowledgement would be important. We've also uh, were told that, you know, oh, you know, Pat Foley will be checking in every now and then. We haven't really heard anything about what's, what's Pat Foley up to. Is he going to have some sort of, hey, Pat's here night or anything like that? Like, we haven't heard anything about that. He so, is I mean, part of the pregame ceremony every game. They, he announces... Uh, two youth players who take a break away from center ice. He provides like a canned call for those kids. So it's he is pre-recorded, present, you know, pre-recorded yeah, present yeah. in the open of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's also been two home broadcasts. So it's right. 
And it, maybe, you know, maybe they wait for uh, if they play a home game on TNT or something like that. And didn't Jamie say in her interview with us that, like, Eddie's going to be in the plans for something later in the year? Like, maybe he'll be here for host tonight or something. They, they made some sure. sort of allusion to... I got to go back and listen for the third time (laughs) that there's some sort of allusion to Eddie being part of things down the road. So, you know, um, a comment from Nate. I'm never, ever going to give the awards the benefit of the doubt. We've seen Rocky's true colors after his numerous outbursts and attempt to sweep Kyle Beach under the rug. That's fair, but Danny is not Rocky, and Rocky is not Bill, and Bill is not Arthur. Me and my dad are very different people, and him and his dad are very different people. So... I get that, that it's easy to just say words, 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 and they suck, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I just, it's, I, I'm just telling everybody, it's a lot more complicated than you wanted to believe it is, right? I, if you really think the Hawks were like, what do we want to do in July? Oh, let's F over Eddie Olchek. Like, really? Like, I don't. I, I don't know. I just, I don't believe that. I think there's more to it. Anyway, that's a different story for a different day. To play All right, let's. Advocate with the Eddie real quick, the Eddie and Pat Foley stuff. Yeah, it's been two home games, but it could also be the fact that like, hey, we really want to get Chris Vosters and Patrick Sharp over as our new broadcast team. So let's not just throw Eddie Olchek in, in their face the fifth game of the season. Like, hey, remember how great it used to be while we're trying to get your new broadcast team over with the fans. So that could be a factor yeah. too. I believe Seattle comes back a second time this year, if I'm not correct. So maybe they do it then as the season's a little more established. Or, you know, they don't do it at all because they're still angry. It's their choice. And, you know, listen, fans are going to get mad over something. So if you want to get mad that they're not acknowledging the announcers from the past, then that's, that's your choice. Yeah, MT Machine says, I see your point. This could be much easier if there was any kind of transparency. The Hawks have addressed it several times. People just don't believe what they're saying. So they are being transparent. They're not going to go detail by detail. Like, here's the exact money we offered. And they're not going to get into the minutia of the contract, but they have given their side several times, and fans are like, that's not true. (laughs) Okay, well, like, what are they supposed to do? They're not going to drag them through the mud. What does that accomplish? They've taken the high road, and fans can believe it or not. They take the high road, they get they get crap for it they take the low road they get crap for that so you know they're doing what's best by them and leave what you want (laughs) let's get to the four stars of the game fancy new graphic the four star of the game i am required to start it every week and i don't like this (laughs) Because it's annoying and I don't want to, but I'm going to go with the default fourth star of the game throughout the history of the promotion, Sam Lafferty. Um, Just a freaking, not a baller, a pucker. He is a pucker out there working his ass off. His hard work led to the game-winning goal. He sets the tone each and every night. He had a shot on goal, another shot attempt, four hits, three takeaways, and won 73% of his face-offs. Uh, good old number 24 out there doing one of the my favorite numbers in Hawks history. Proud. Uh, Sam Lafferty, uh, just another doing the little things kind of a kind of a game from Sam Lafferty, and it's what he's done all along. Uh, really liked his game and obviously picks up an assist. And is he the Hawks' leading scorer? I think he is. I believe that's correct. Just like everyone predicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think Sam Lafferty needs two or three more four stars to pass Dylan Strome as the all-time leader in four stars. So. Dylan Strome had like seven or eight games in a row that he made the list last season. So, but he's getting close. Um, my fourth star of the game, I'm going to give it to a guy who didn't have a ton of ice time, but he was very noticeable when he was out there, and that's Colin Blackwell. Kind of one of those under-the-radar free agent signings this year when it was made. Everybody was like, who? But he's proving what he brings to this team. He had the assist on the shorthanded goal for the opening goal. goal. He's been great on the penalty kill. He's one of those guys that pressures the puck up at the blue line, gets it up the ice quickly. Uh, he's another guy at five on five, plays on that fourth line, so it doesn't get a lot of ice time. But when he's out there, he's finishing his checks. He was one of those guys that Luke Richardson specifically mentioned in his press conference, uh, you know, without being asked about him, brought up his name because he does the little things that if everybody else on the team does, his team is going to exceed their expectations. So Colin Blackwell had a typical Colin Blackwell game, and uh, he's fun to watch when he's out there just because. He's, he's, he's a smaller guy, but he plays like he's the biggest guy in the league. And I think fans are going to, he's going to become a very popular player in, in short order as fans watch more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, there were a few, there were a few times uh, today where Blackwell was, uh, and Blackwell and, the, and that fourth line were very, uh, very noticeable. Also noticeable on the penalty kill, as you said, Greg, um, my four star, uh, was going to be Jujar Kara, uh, but he ended up being named one of the three stars. Uh, but I went with the the, the penalty killing unit uh, again. They they were were perfect tonight. Uh, had a big penalty kill with the uh, the four minute penalty kill uh, to uh, Seth Jones. to to get the yeah to 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 kill the Seth Jones penalty. Uh, got the shorthanded goal. I mean, Greg, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, since the since the Colorado game, you know where they allowed four power play goals, uh, the penalty kill unit has really locked it down, and and they've been very effective. Um, I, I love the the simplicity of the way that they uh, approach the penalty kill, and I, I love Luke Richardson's uh, mentality and and style of of trying to to be counter uh, be a counter attacking uh, team on the penalty kill and, and use guys like Sam Lafferty, um, use guys like Andreas Athanasiu, like guys who have some speed, some north south to their game, to where if they do have a chance to uh, to, to 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 flip it on on the power play unit, do it, take it. And uh, and I, I really I really like that from this from this uh, this unit so far. So yeah, penalty killers, good job today. By the way, three stars of the game: number three, Jujar Kara; number two, Patrick Kane; number one, Tyler Johnson. Greg, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, great stuff. Have a have a safe trip home, and we'll see you uh, on Tuesday. Can't wait. All right, buddy. Have a good one. That is Greg Boyson live from the United Center in Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams here at CHGO. So go fit it out in the best sports gear around. Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, banana hammocks, bobbleheads, Crocs, and everything in between. Get decked out like Sam Lafferty (laughs) with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles. That is Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan or hockey fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description of this podcast for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. It is hoodie season um, for as much as the weather is is trying to fool us. It is hoodie season, so be sure to get out uh, to the good folks at Foco, get yourself a nice, uh, a nice Blackhawks hoodie, if you will. 
Uh, if you are trying to take advantage of the uh, short-term uh, revisitation of summer here that we've had this weekend uh, and get out to the golf course, uh, my hat goes off to you. I am not going to dig out my clubs. They are staying packed away. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to be out there on the course, uh, be sure to head over to our friends at Pins and Aces and get yourself decked out in some of their quality gear pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of chgo and the presenting sponsor of the big drive energy golf podcast on the all city network they have tons of great gear that's going to make you looking good out there on the course they are a family-owned golf and apparel business so you gotta love that they make amazing polos hats golf bags and they even have the beer sleeve that you've been hearing about from us on CHGO Blackhawks. The beer sleeve that can hold up to seven of your favorite beers right there in your golf bag and keep them cold the entire round. Uh, I don't know how well that's going to be going for you out here, but if you're heading down to Florida to get to uh, continue that golf weather, uh, be sure to get that beer sleeve from Pins and Aces, and it's going to keep you hydrated down there on the uh, on the course so go to pinsandaces.com to check out all of their gear and when you do use the promo code chgo when you do that you're going to get 15 percent off of your first order and you're going to get free shipping on that order again that's promo code chgo at pinsandaces.com all right the time has come for us to assign our draft kings king of the game draft, draft king nice Thank you, Stephen, for bringing the trumpet in studio today. Yeah, Stevie We trumpets. appreciate it. Really nice touch. Uh, the king of the game goes to Tyler Johnson. Two goals, plus one. He had 14-01 of ice time, four shots on goal, two more shot attempts, three hits, and a giveaway. Ooh. Ooh, we might have to change it. Ooh. Stud game from Tyler yeah, Johnson, who has game. been pucking out all season, <laughs> playing very dab. As the kids say, uh, it's good to see him healthy, yeah. ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, for a guy who, when you see him in the locker room, you're like, oh, you're so, <laughs> you're so tiny. He needs, like, a pinwheel hat. Uh, he's so little. And he's out there just wreck. He's a wrecking ball, man. Love watching Tyler Johnson play. Another character character dude uh, brought in. That yeah. was a uh, he who shall not be named move, for the record. Uh, but, it hey, was. he fits right in on this roster uh, so he is our DraftKings king of the game. And with hockey back, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NHL. You're in luck for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get 200 back in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger bets with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet five bucks on any NHL team to win a game, and you'll get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes of this podcast for details. If you're in the YouTube, thank you for joining us today. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you become a member. Join the team. Join the community here at allchgo.com. We'll be back Tuesday. We're off tomorrow, but another postgame show Tuesday night, Blackhawks and Panthers. That one might be a little tougher than the Kraken and the Sharks, but we'll see. Be good we'll be one. with you right after the game, and good luck to the Bears. 
tomorrow night. Don't forget, pre- and post-game before Bears and Patriots, our crew will be here, so don't miss any of that. Turn on those notifications on our CHGO Sports YouTube channel to find out when they go live. We'll talk to you Tuesday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.